proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. If you're looking for something good to read, I have a recommendation for you. My longtime friend, Alan Leveroni, has has been writing the Tracy Tanner series for a long time now. Um, The newest uh, addition to that book, I think it's book number seven, released in March. It is now available on Amazon and Kindle for $5.99. You cannot beat a thriller for that small price. In addition to that, he's got um, part of a bundle with, I think, 13, 12 other writers called Dead and Gone, a collection of 13 serial killer mysteries and thrillers. Not something I'm going to read because that's out of my wheelhouse, serial killers, but it is across the board received five stars. It is $9.99 for 13 different books. That's something you can get behind. Let me tell you a little bit about Alan. My first year doing interviews and going on social media, Alan immediately accepted my friend request and we became friends. Um, I, I know this about Alan. He's always been fascinated by the written word. And as a matter of fact, I remember that he told me about the first story he wrote when he was age 10. Um, he's got some really interesting genres that he writes in. Um, they are kind of thriller, kind of horror, kind of super not supernatural, but mysteries and suspense. And they kind of give me chills when I read them. But Alan is such a terrific writer and such a nice man. I had to have him come back to the show. My pleasure to welcome back author Alan Leveroni. Hi, Alan. Welcome back to Authors on the Air. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. So I remember our first interview, and I couldn't say the name of your book, but I remember because you made me say it phonetically, so it's Pascagankey. And I ha- can you believe yes. I still remember after all these years? <laughs> I can't believe you still remember about my first story. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I, I know all about and, you. And don't feel I bad because nobody knows how to pronounce that book name, so don't feel bad. You're not alone. But you told me that those were – that's an Indian name, and it, it's yes. from uh, – right? So I got that right. Yes. But it's um, kind of spooky, a little bit mm, bordering on th- horror thriller when you wrote that. Yes. Was that correct? Yep. Yep. That's absolutely See, correct. And there's a ab- lot of supernaturally stuff in there, too. So you're not yeah. wrong when you say supernatural, too. There's, yeah. That's, a lot of that's in there. <laughs> so um, – but, you know, that seemed to be at the beginning of your writing career. Um, Pascagankey was out in 2016, and you've been very, very busy writing across genre since then. So I, And I know that you also wrote a follow-up called Grimoire, the, a Pascagankey novel. Yes. But you absolutely. also... 
you also um, are writing a lot of different things now. You're in your seventh Tracy Tanner book. So let's start yes, there. Let's talk about Tracy Tanner. She's been your heroine for a while now. Where did she come from? Yeah, the first book came out. Well, I wanted yep. to write something that was kind of a traditional thriller, spy thriller, you know, espionage kind of thriller. Right. Um, that had a very strong female lead. Um, and, and I felt like, you know, what, what's cooler than a kick-ass black ops agent that's, that's operating in foreign countries to further American interests? I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but the idea of a petite, pretty woman operating in this, this land of shadows and, and deceit it just fascinated me. So, um, you know, that's where Tracy Tanner came from. The first book was uh, was published in 2013 called Parallax View, and, and uh, I've been writing roughly one uh, Tracy Tanner book a year ever since. I, I She's my favorite character that I've ever, um, ever written, and uh, I can guarantee you people around her may die, but if Tracy ever dies, then I'm done writing. I won't be writing anymore. I love her. She's my favorite character. That's very cool. Um, I know that you also write um, Jack Sheridan, the pulp thrillers. So, yep. um, and you also have a third book for called Revenant, I think, in Pascagangi. So, um, I don't, I'm not sure yes. of the order. You've also participated in the Flight 12 series, and mm-hmm. um, so that was. A lot of that was that I, and it was a lot of good writing too. But boy, it was stretched out over a long time. I want to talk to you. Well, oh my gosh, know, there's more Pascaganki books too, and I'm going yeah, down your. <laughs> yeah, I'm going down your Amazon page. You've got a lot of books, Alan. You've been very, very busy writing. I also. Oh yeah, absolutely. If I'm not writing, I'm probably either sick, or um, trying to think up a plot for a new book. Um, I always try to, you know, it keeps me out of trouble. And the other thing is, like you mentioned, different genres and stuff. I. Mm-hmm. I get bored easily. I, you know, like I have ADHD, and and once I get done with a book, like when I finish a Tracy Tanner book, I'm sick to death of Tracy. As much as I love her and thrillers, and so I want to write something different. So um, after I finished the Soviet Assassin, the seventh Tracy book, um, I went back to a. Uh, I'm just just about finished with the first draft of the fourth Jack Sheridan pulp thriller. It's I just like to change things up, and so um, you know I, I try to avoid getting bored by uh, changing genres frequently. <laughs> so you and the also other thing I wanted to mention, too, Yes. I, 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 it, one of the um, additions to the, the different books that I've been involved in and different projects I've been involved in is the, um, the Linger series, Robert Gregory Brown series. Gonna me- um, I was just going to mention that. I was going to say you were part of Linger. Yes, I was Edward Fallon. I'm, I'm one version of Edward Fallon. Um, that was a lot of fun too, and I learned a lot. I worked with some terrific writers on that series. Yeah, and, um, well, I don't know Rob if it's. Brown I think it's still great. maybe going. It is going. Yeah, he's good. As a he's a fact. tremendous yeah. writer. Yeah, he is, and a great book des- cover designer too. He's a very smart man. Although I think you and know, in his, addition um, to being a tremendous musician. Yes, well, and I think he's that's a very accomplished musician as well. He is. He wrote my original theme music for this show. Yes, I know that. It was really good, too. (laughs) Yeah, I still have it. I just had to shorten it because people 
people are listening to to podcasts in a shorter period of time, and even oh, though I'm yeah, live, yeah. we still go to a um, we still migrate over to to podcast. Um, Alan, you you do write, I know this about you write in a lot of different genres. Um, my question to you is though. Where do your ideas come from? Or do you have like this kind of butterfly, you know, overload going on and on their wings are, are, are stories that you want to write? I don't understand um, because you're so prolific. I, I'm not, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not quite sure either. Like I've, I've started writing books and had no, honest to God, no idea what was going to happen. Like I, most of the time, when, typically when I start a book, I know where I want to start, obviously, and I have kind of a pretty good idea where I want to end up. I'm just not sure how I'm going to get there. But there have been times when I've started books just because a scenario came into my mind and it was really cool, and so I started with that scenario and I figured it out from there. It's like I, I am um, – the way I write is probably not um, advisable for anybody really. Um, I, I don't outline – I well, I – I shouldn't say that. I don't outline on paper. You know, like I, I have scenes in my head and I know I'm going to go from here to here to here to here. And, but it's all, it's all in my head. And what happens is a lot of times um, I'll finish a first draft and realize I got a ton, uh, a ton of rewriting to do. Like it, it's, it doesn't hang together well. And, it, you know, if people that work with outlines probably are a lot more efficient. Like I've written a lot of books, but in those books are a tremendous amount of rewriting. If, if I operated differently, I could probably put out more, more books. Yep, but, but as far as sure. where the ideas come from, you know, sometimes it's a song lyric. Sometimes it's, you know, I might see something on the news. I might see something, you know, I might be driving down the road and see something that piques my interest. I, I, I honestly can't tell you where they come from. It's just, they always seem to be there. <laughs> so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're, your ideas are story-driven first. They're a what-if first, not a character-driven. You don't start off with the character. You start off with the story. Typically, I start off with a story. However, once I have an idea for a story, I become very character-driven because in my mind, people, people don't read to read a story. They read to see to care about characters, to see how characters react to that story. I, I, I was at Thriller Fest once in 2008, and I was lucky enough to see Lee Child speak, and he said something that I've remembered ever since. He said, all the stories have been written. He said, there are no new stories. He said, your challenge as a writer is to make people care about your story via something, whether that's your characters or your fresh take on the story or whatever. He says that's mm-hmm. up to you to decide and up to you to work out. But he said all the stories have been told. And so to me, I, I, I believe I'm very character-driven because I feel like as a reader, I don't care about the story if I'm not invested in the character. So it's really right. important to me to build characterization. So I, I phrased that wrong. I was just speaking specifically to your idea. Did you have a character in mind in this story fell into place or this story came to mind and then the character fell into place. So yours is the latter. And I'm, I apologize because I know your books are character. I I know that your 
books are character driven. I've read them. I have them on my bookshelves. So I oh, know yeah. this well, the about, thing about you. Series yeah. is, the thing about series is now you have your characters. So it, like when I first, the, the first Tracy Tanner novel was, it, it grew out of an idea I had where the, um, the operator had to deliver a top secret message from the head of the Soviet Union, um, Mikhail Gorbachev, the series is set in the late 1980s, as you know, to Mm -hmm. President Reagan of the United States. And representatives of the KGB do not want that message to be delivered. And so they're trying to intercept it, which means they're trying to intercept Tracy. That's where it all grew from. But now the the Tracy character is so well-established now I have to find new ways to challenge her. So in, in the later books, the characterization is already there. And, this, and that's true with any series. You know what I mean? If sure. You, if, you have, if you're going to have books with characters that regularly appear, they have to stay the same or they have to be recognizable as that character. How important is it to you when you have a series character that there are repercussions for actions from the prior book? I, I, in the, the, the latest Tanner book, the seventh one, the, the Soviet assassin, assassin she, um, she faces repercussions from decisions she made in the fifth book called The Kremlin Infection. Um, I, I wanted her to – I wanted to kind of tie the books together in a way that readers – you don't – if you read the books, you don't have to read them from – you don't have to start at book one – and move to book two and three and four. Right. You don't have to do that. I, I believe that each novel operates as a standalone. I, I try to I try to make that happen anyway. But I also feel like if it's going to be in any way realistic, she has to face repercussions from things she does in sure. previous books that don't work out the way she wants them to. And that's another thing. Like she's very fallible. She's not she's not Superwoman and she's not you know Captain America. She she's um. She's a person, and she, she makes mistakes, and she acts rashly, and, and she has to face the consequences for those acts. So I sure. believe it's really important in a series to, to make, make characters face up to things that they may not want to face up, from, uh, up to from previous books. Yeah, You know, it's interesting that you, we were talking about Lee Child, and he's been writing Reacher for so long um, that sometimes – and, and it's this is nothing against Lee. I love him. He's wonderful. But there are some books that I read that are serious characters that are long term, and it feels like there's no maturity or growth, mm-hmm. no no personal remorse or no personal joy with characters. So, um, but I I've read now. I just finished reading the new one, The Soviet Assassin. So I know from the very first book that you gave me in the series where she was and where she is, which, which makes me want to ask you when you first started writing, when you look back at the first book and now you look at book number, I don't know, you know, 102, whatever it is that you've written, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, what changes have, have happened in you as a writer? I'm a lot less, um, I, I don't know if idealistic is the right word, but when I started writing, it was almost on a lark. I, I almost, I, I, I felt like, you know, I wrote a sports blog for a while at Fox 
sports.com and I was having fun with it. And I, I feel like I was pretty good at it, but I was like, I felt like what I really wanted to be doing was writing fiction because, you know, I've been a voracious reader my whole life and that's what I like to read. So I, I kind of felt like, I was just like, well, let's see if I can write a novel. And it really was, I started off on a lark. And um, since then I've become a lot more, I've learned a lot about the industry, a lot of it that I'd rather not know. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like, you know, I have, I've been blessed with this talent. I, I have the ability to write. I know, I know I'm not the best writer out there, but I know also I'm pretty good. And um, I think it would be wrong not to take to make the most I can of that talent. I, I waited until I was in my late forties to start writing seriously. And uh, that's one thing I kind of regret because, you know, I have 102 books or whatever it is now. I could have 500 if I had started when I was in my twenties. <laughs> well, there you go. But, but, you know, you would not have had the wisdom of, of living maybe. And I, and even though there are, let's, let's take a call here. Hold on just one second. Let's, I normally don't open up the phone lines, but it's you, so I'm going to do that. Hi, area code, area code 618. You're live. Hello? Hello? Is someone getting killed? Okay. It sounds like it, so I'm sorry. Too too much noise and a baby screaming and, you know. I don't know. Do we need to call nine one one? Hope everybody's okay. You're on your own. Six one eight. Yeah. You know, um, I actually counted up the books on your website, and just your standalone titles alone, you have twenty five books. That does not; those do not count the anthologies and and the uh, box sets that you've been a part of, the bundles Mm -hmm. and everything. It's a it's a pretty good amount of books. You know, that's. A really pretty good amount of books, Alan, to be doing. Um, There's more coming. You know, too. I, I'm sure there are. So, so here's <laughs> here's what I wanted to ask you. Um, you've mentioned something about the industry and all. Are you happy that you're not with a publisher, a big house publisher, one of the big five? Are you comfortable where you are? You know, are I'm you very measuring where I am? Yeah, you're not measuring um, success by who your publisher is, are you? No, I can't afford to. Like I, I, I spent a long time before the before the um, boom in uh, e-readers and the, all the associated right. chaos that came with that. I spent a long time um, trying to snag an agent, trying to get a contract with a big five, or at the time it was probably big eight. I don't know how many right. there were at the time, but one of the right. major publishers and. Um, I was never never able to break through the barrier. A lot of times I would get responses from agents saying, well, it's good, but it's not for me. I can't get behind it and, and all that stuff. And any, anybody that's tried to, to get an agent knows what I'm talking about. You get those um, responses. But I, I, I racked up a very impressive um, array of rejections. And so I, I, can't, I can't sit here and tell you that I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be published by a, a big five publisher or a major publisher, especially if it came with a, a big advance. I mean, who, you know, but, um, sure. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy in what I'm doing. I write in the genres I enjoy. I write books that I would want to read. And, um, you know, I don't have the, uh, the largest following of readers I know, but the ones I have are, are very satisfied and are very, um, they're behind me. They're very you know, dedicated. 100%. Yes, 
They are. They're very dedicated, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, it's 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 way more than I could have ever imagined when I sat down in 2006 just to see if I could write a novel. I mean, I'm so lucky. Well, I think um, I think we're lucky that we get to have your books, and because each of them are so unusual and so different and so much fun to read. Um, so, are you collaborating with Rob Brown again any, on anything? <clears throat> Um, not at the moment. Um, he he approached me um, to and asked if I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Ask uh, if I would be interested in working on another series he's he's doing um, similar to Linger, only uh, in different genre. And at the time, I was suffering a bit of a, a crisis of uh, not confidence, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to continue writing, and I I didn't want to commit to something I couldn't deliver. So. At the moment, no, I'm not. Um, but I've since I've since cleared that crisis of confidence, and I'm I'm moving forward with um, a lot of stuff that's going to be upcoming. A, another uh, Jack Sheridan novel, a, um, a novella called Chasing China White that's going to be published by uh, Down and Out Books Shotgun Honey imprint that I'm mm-hmm. I'm really super excited for, and uh, obviously another Tracy book is coming hopefully by the end of the year. So I'm I'm trying to keep busy. <laughs> Are are you retired from the FAA now? I'm retired from the FAA, but I'm well, I had to because at 56, uh, they they throw you out on your ear if you're an active air traffic controller because they think you're too old. But I also um, it, after that happened, I was able to hook on with a contract air traffic control company. So I am retired yeah. from the FAA, but I'm still doing air traffic control. It's a that's not the, an easy job, is it? It's not, I mean, it's, it's, no, it's not easy, but, you know, lots of jobs are, you know, what you do isn't easy either. I mean, it's, it's, oh, mine's once easy. I, I'm just a blabbermouth. <laughs> mine's easy stabbing the world. Not to me, it's not easy. <laughs> but, you. you know, air traffic control is, once I, once I learned the job, it's not, it's like anything else. You know, you go to work, you do your job the best you can, and you go home. I worked at Boston for 25 years. I'm very proud of that. And, uh, you know, I loved it while I was there, but I'm glad I'm gone now, too. I'm, I work at a, a little bit slower facility now, and uh, it's, you know, it's it's a young person's job. <laughs> and so I'm not young anymore, so I'm I'm happy where I am. You have grandkids now. You're a grandpa. I do. Three times isn't over. It the, isn't it the coolest thing? I have two of my own. So I think being a grand, it, it, you know, well, and mine don't live in town, so I don't have to babysit. But, um, but but they were two and a half hours away. I mean, I guess their parents could bring them over. My daughter could bring them over, but you know they won't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen all the time, that's for sure. No, no. But it's an amazing thing. You you get to do it over and really spoil them rotten and drive their parents crazy. So um, exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. That's what we try to um, do. <laughs> Alan, tell everyone where they can find you on the web and in social medias, please. My website is alanleveroni.com. Um, I'm very bad about updating it. In fact, the uh, zuni.com uh, runs the site, and uh, every once in a while, Maddie will, will email me and say, do you want us to update stuff on your site? Because I'm really bad about that. But that's my website. Um, I'm on Twitter, at alanleveroni, although I rarely ever use Twitter. Probably if you want to um, get in touch with me, Follow me on Facebook. I'm most active there. 
Um, although the less time I spend on social media, the better off I think I am <laughs> mentally. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. But Facebook is probably I, I do, the place if you want to. I do. I do a social media break a couple times a week too. It's it's um, it's really tough to to maintain yeah. it and not. You know, you have to be really careful what you're reading and so on. But exactly. as a small business owner and your business being books. You have to interact with your readers. Um, I am not a particularly social media savant. I'm not a savvy with it. So I have my Twitter account tied to my Facebook page because if someone expects me to spend a whole day on Twitter, they're out of their mind. I don't know all the hashtags. I don't know all that stuff. I don't want to know it either. You know, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Someone says, someone asked me about an Instagram page, and I said, nope, not going to happen. If I got a picture, I'll post it on Facebook. You know, <laughs> exactly. There's only so much time I have to do social media, and I'm I'm already maxed out between Facebook and Twitter. I get the Instagram. There you now. go. That's not happening. There Sorry. you go. Well, listen, Alan Leveroni, I always adore talking to you. One of the nicest guys I know, and really a terrific writer. And you know. You uh, helped me get through my first year of Authors on the Air. And so for that, I say thank you. And you'll come back again, won't you? If you'll have me, I'll come back. And, and thank you. You, you know. Mean, you're, uh, you're really sweet to have me. I appreciate it. And I adore you, too. Thank you. And by the way, the number is 100,000 for the first day, okay? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. Holy crap. <laughs> I didn't really know that. <laughs> well, I'm waiting to the end of the interview to tell you. I want to thank yeah, Alan Leveroni. That. That's A-L-L-A-N-L-E-V-E-R-O-N-E, Alan Leveroni, for being with me tonight. And thank you, listeners and readers. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.